building a sustainable, transparent fashion business by focusing on brand building, partnerships and the customers. It's the e-commerce master plan podcast here to help you solve your marketing problems and grow your e-commerce business. Cutting through the hype to bring you inspiration and advice from the e-commerce sector and beyond. Here's your host, Chloe Thomas. Hello and welcome. It's great to have you here. In today's episode, I'm chatting with a fashion brand who have sustainability and ethical treatment of the workers at their very, very core. They've even gone through the process of becoming a B Corp. They've built their growth not on ads, but on partnerships, including influencer marketing, PR, and content. My fascinating guests will be joining us in a moment. First, though, please do check out the sponsors. This podcast is brought to you by Klaviyo, the email and SMS marketing platform that helps you send messages like an e-commerce expert, even if you're just getting started. Create your free account at klaviyo.com slash masterplan. That's K-L-A-V-I-Y-O dot com slash masterplan. I am Alexandria Collis, Director of Customer Experience for Princess Polly. Our demographic is Gen Z, and this is the I expect a response now. I call them the now customer. Our CX teams engage across every single channel. It is very important that we meet our customers where they are, and Gorgeous allows us the opportunity to be efficient with all of these channels located in one place. If you're interested in learning more about Gorgeous, go to gorgeous.com and mention podcast for two months free. And now to introduce today's special guest. Gagana Damianova is the co-founder and CEO at Blonde Gone Rogue, a sustainable and ethical online-only fashion brand. Founded in 2017 in Amsterdam, they moved the business to London and went full-time in 2019. And this year, they are on track to go over £350,000 in annual sales. Hello, Gagana. Hi, Chloe. Thank you for having me. It's great to have you here. My mind boggles of how you managed to move an e-commerce business across borders, but I'm sure we'll we'll get onto that later. But how did you get into e-commerce? That's a very long story that starts with how I got into fashion. Um, I have a business background. However, I have a sister who is a fashion designer who I decided to have as my business partner. Uh, we decided to start a business together, seeing how our backgrounds really come together uh, to enable this. And it was at a time where a lot was becoming known about fashion and the issues that the fashion industry creates environmentally and as well ethically. And we wanted to do something differently. And uh, we had a very interesting opportunity to produce in a factory we can verify ourselves in our hometown from leftover materials. And we saw e-commerce as the way forward. I myself, I don't think I have bought anything in a store uh, probably for 10 years. And uh, e-commerce seemed like the, the best way for a young and innovative fashion brand to reach people across borders and to reach people uh, who are really into sustainability and really want to be part of this change simply because it's enabled us to be more, more visible and more accessible to uh, more people and to more young people. 
because of course that's one of the great things about doing it as an e-commerce store not as a as a physical store is they can be anywhere in the country anywhere in the world and you can find your tribe so you can start something which probably to put a sustainable ethical fashion brand on the high street of the average UK city or the average American city might not find enough traction but because you're online you can find the people who who want to embrace your story yes that's exactly how it is and um i think now it's getting easier to communicate this message and to find the audience even in a physical store of course if one can have an amazingly located physical store when we started in 2017 people would ask us what is sustainable fashion i knew that every time i presented our brand to somebody i had to explain the concept what we're going after and for the past couple of years i never have to do it anymore people know and it's been an amazing change and i think it's going to grow and continue to grow in popularity and i think sooner rather than later it will be very easy for sustainable brands to have a spot and have this huge following and have the idea of sustainability have this large following but we're still we're still few years away from that uh, and e-commerce is still for sure the the best way to go for this yeah definitely and it is it feels to me like you started the business at the right time maybe a year too early but not much more than a year too early to get everything in place and to to be able to do what you're doing as the consumers are really coming around to look looking for this but we should um we should talk a little bit more about how the business really is and then we'll get into some of those kind of bigger topics so um where in the well i said you're you're now based in london so where are you selling to So we're based in London uh because the UK is our biggest market. Uh we moved from Amsterdam to the UK to follow the crowd that liked our brand uh, the most. Um so UK at this moment is around 50% of our sales. The second biggest market we have is Germany followed by the United States and we see the United States really month after month becoming a bigger portion of our sales. It's really it's really great to see these customers finding our website and and ordering from us. Wow, so the you moved to be in the country where your customers were. That's it. That's a big old commitment to the brand. It's uh that is true. we're very committed. <laughs> I will move wherever the brand requires us to move. Um I think there is something about London. It's a great space. It's a great place for creative startups. The network is amazing. The support that is provided at the beginning by organizations and government organizations as well makes it much more easy for um creative startups to get off the ground here compared to what I've seen. Unfortunately, as a e-commerce consumer business, I think we feel a little bit of a disadvantage against tech companies. Mm-hmm. Everything seems to be facilitated for tech companies. marketplace great or oh, a consumer brand it is harder and we found this in london so it 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 proved to be a great move and uh it's it's a good spot to be an e-commerce business as well um the uk is a good market for a company with our mission excellent well, i'm glad the moves worked well and we wait to see if you end up moving to the us if that if that market gets big enough <laughs> But um tell us about uh actually let's just talk before we get into the product. Are you on Shopify or Magento or on something else? We are on Shopify at the moment. We are very happy with being on Shopify. We were on a few other platforms before. 
And I think for our size, Shopify really works great. Uh, what is really fantastic for it is it in, integrates into a lot of small online retailers as well, which um, has allowed us to gain more visibility as a brand. And uh, we are going to be rebuilding our website next year. And my first requirement is we need to stay Shopify based um, at, at this stage. There's a lot you can do without moving platforms and there's a lot to learn about each platform. So it's well worth worth staying there. Given you're on Shopify, there must be a few kind of key widgets and plugins um, you're using. Any you'd like to give a shout out to? Oh, yes. I am so happy with using Looks. That's L-O-O-X for our reviews with photos. This is one of the first apps we put on the website and I am still so happy with it. First, it sends automatic reminders for reviews. It enables people to upload images with for getting a discount on, on their next purchase, which now makes our review section look really real. And mm-hmm. the, the user-generated photos that, that we have there are really fantastic. And I think a great proof point that we have a nice product that people like. It's just real people, not in a studio, just wearing our photos, snapping a quick photo in the mirror. That has been really fantastic. Something that we really enjoyed the integration with is is Clavio. That has been great for collecting emails. I think a lot of people on the podcast know Clavio and probably use it. It's been great for us. I really love the pop-ups that they have. Uh, We really collect a lot of emails through the pop-ups with them. So we've managed to create this non-intrusive pop-up that kind of blends with the page um, so people don't feel bombarded. And these are two of my favorite ones. Excellent. I like that. Luke's L-O-O-X for those picture reviews, I think is becoming so essential, especially in the fashion space. And then Clavio, who I think are the most recommended email provider on this podcast these days. (laughs) If they're going to mention someone, it's almost always Clavio who gets the mention. So what does the what does the team look like? So obviously there's you you and your sister. I'm guessing your sister's heavily involved in the product design. You're probably more on the marketing. Is there anyone else? Or are you keeping it all between the two of you at the moment? So it is indeed the two of us. It was the two of us for quite a while with the split of my co-founder taking care of the design and the product development and me taking care of everything on the business side. So we talk about business development, partnerships, fundraising, and marketing. Marketing was the area where we really felt that we need more power uh, behind. So we hired a junior marketing manager earlier this year. We work with a freelancer that helps us with SEO optimization and uh, building that credibility with Google through references and links. And we, at the moment, are looking to hire two more people, a junior designer and a social media manager. And hopefully next year, we'll be able to hire a senior marketing uh, manager, a marketing director. That's where I hope we're going, but we're at the moment three plus one and hoping to soon be five plus one. Exciting times. And it's clear from those hires you've got planned that growth is going to be the big push 
over the coming months and years, I suppose, given that number of people. So, so I wish you all the best with that. And we'll come back to how you've grown so far in a bit. But first of all, I want to tackle sustainability, the ethics of it all, and that your product. So you you said that you know one of the reasons you wanted to get into this business was because there's such a huge opportunity in the fashion space for brands to become more sustainable and more ethical. And we've we've explored across this podcast, we've had various guests on who are trying to do the same thing as you, but doing it in very different ways. So what's your route to uh, building a more sustainable fashion brand been? So we see sustainability in two aspects. We have the product and material sustainability piece of it, and we have the human sustainability piece of it. And I think the first thing that really attracted our attention to what's happening in the industry, that was these horrific stories of what happens in factories around the world, even in the developed world, even in the UK. Uh, we have this just horrible stories where people are treated badly, um, not rewarded fairly for, for their labor, for brands that we love, for brands that we buy from. And this was really a wake-up call for us of, hey, like, we don't like this. I, I don't want to shop from unverified brands. Then the question is, where do we go? And there was no answer. It's still very hard to find an answer for consumers because it's not only about who's sustainable, but who do you can really trust. Sustainability has become this buzzword and... The moment we can think of a word that is better, but means the same, we're going to switch to using it because it's just everything is sustainable. Everybody's doing something about it, but who can we really trust? Who can we really verify? This is where we stepped in with, hey, we come from this town in Bulgaria that has a very large industry. We can just go there, commission a factory and sit with them for a week um, every season while they to see how things are, to see what the environment is, what the mood is, how people are treated. That's what we did. And then comes the material side, which is much more difficult topic to solve uh, because you cannot just sit somewhere for a week or spend time with people and interview them. It is very interesting what is happening in the industry. We're stepping away from conventional and favorite materials like cotton and polyester to more innovative materials, recycled materials, organic materials that can use much less resources in, in being developed, that can be uh, made from resources that we can quickly regenerate. Bamboo is such a great example of this. A whole forest of bamboo <laughs> trees can just grow in a year. So it's, it's, there's a lot happening and we're really paying really close attention to that and trying to create these products from newer materials. But it's still limited in availability and that's why we work with a lot of leftover materials. In these factories, there's a lot, a lot, a lot of uh, leftover rows of materials that we buy and we make new clothes from practically absolutely new material that would have been thrown away. So we are trying to make uh, use of innovations, but as well make use of what is already available there and nobody needs. And that's, that's, that's how we, we got into it. And I think seeing how consumers respond to this and what messages we get um, and what interviews we have with some of our customers. It's, it's really great to see that it resonates. So we're really going big on transparency. How can we really communicate everything, all this on our website to our customers in an easy to digest way? Because it's a lot to, it's a lot of angles. I mean, that's the thing I get every time I speak to a sustainable brand or a circular economy brand is that 
there is a lot to bring into the mix. There's a lot of aspects to cover to make sure that you're doing the right thing at each stage. And it makes it all a little bit more complicated, obviously per all very much worthwhile spending that extra time and effort on on getting it right. But yeah, there's half the point of doing it or half the benefit of doing it is communicating that to the customer and it's a lot for them to take in. So I guess that's that's why amongst those hires you're planning, you've got social media and design and content so core within the team that you're building is to get that story across. Yeah, that is absolutely true. And then there is one additional question to this. How do we feature this on our product pages? Mm -hmm. Because we really focus, we really want to put the people forward. And, and in my dream scenario, when somebody clicks on a product now website, they can see who is a picture of the designer, a picture of the seamstress, a picture of the pattern maker. So as much detail as possible. And we really want to put these people forward. I don't want to have a picture of a team on our team page. It's like, oh, this is the people behind your clothing. I really want to know, like, this is the woman that actually made it. Uh, and this is her name and this is how she looks like. Um, so we have partnered with another startup that focuses on doing this. And we're doing a trial with them to be able to develop the solution where people can click and discover this on our product page. And for the people who really wish to learn more and get even more details than this, um, obviously references to more detailed, detailed pages. Wow. So you're really taking transparency beyond the About Us page, beyond the team page into kind of everything you're doing. Yes. This is one of our core values. One of the three is us being transparent. I think probably as um, a, a lot of people on the, on the podcast uh, today, it's very hard to accomplish with very limited resources because it's a lot of effort and it's a lot of thinking how to integrate it. But it, it is something that now has been an hour to do is this project for a year and a half for us to just find the right way to to integrate it as seamlessly as possible and have it as digestible as possible uh, for visitors. I love it. And I can't wait to see that. You'll have to let us know when you've got all that in place so we can share it with the audience and let, so they can go and have a look too. Because I think, I think one of the things about brands like yourself who are kind of pushing the envelope of what's possible and standing up there as a, here's an example of how to be sustainable is that other brands, potentially bigger brands, existing brands are going to follow in your footsteps and go, oh, that's how someone's done it. So can we be more like them? Which is, you know, you said about how in, you know, the certain conversation will happen in a couple of years. I think in maybe five, 10 years, that's when we get to that point is when the, when the whole place starts learning from you. But I'm going, I'm going off on a long thought process there. So let's bring it back to, to you and Blonde Gone Rogue. Over, you know, the last, I guess the last two years that you guys have been full-time in the business, you've been here in London in the right place with your customers and been pushing the growth of the business. How have you gone about doing that? What have been the key things from a marketing, you know, actual marketing channels perspective that you've done to grow the business over the last couple of years? We had a very interesting strategy planned for 2020. I think if we realized it, maybe I wouldn't be on the podcast today. Because <laughs> uh, we, we were thinking, how about we do a lot of pop-up stores in 2020? London is Ooh. such a great city. <laughs> 
so many tourists and so many people shopping. Let's find pop stores and great locations and raise awareness for our brands this way. So clearly didn't happen. I think it's, it's great that we didn't get to do it because I don't think that was the right strategy for us. I think oh, really? you know, I think it was tempting. I I would think that e-commerce businesses should go into stores once they're much bigger. Um, I think Glossier is such a great example of how to do brick and mortar today because not only they only went there, once they knew the stores are going to be really packed, but they made their stores very exciting. And I think this is what a lot of us are getting from online. Good websites are exciting. There is an exciting story. There is exciting visuals. It's very hard to um, convenience a site, but it's just very hard to have some of these experiences in store unless that's really part of the strategy of the retail department of, of that brand. And that's, that's why I think... For smaller brands, it's it's so exciting to go on their website because they, they have so much. They have the story, they have the product, they have the people behind the brand, so much detail. It's it's just it's just fun to be there to learn and then to share with with people uh, what we've learned about them. So what we have done um, to to grow on on our site, uh, we really focused at the beginning on marketplaces as a great tool to be discovered, but it's also the best product. So at the beginning, we were like, we're not driving any traffic to our website. Our effort is in finding what people want uh, as a product. And let's not spend money on this. Marketplaces already can tell us this. So we went into this like low-cost strategy of producing very limited quantities and seeing what sells very well. And now two years down the road, we really have this information so this is where we are starting to focus on influencers, not as a great tool for sales, but as a great tool for brand awareness. I think that that really helps, especially if a brand can find nice partners. This is fantastic. Next to this, we work with artists. We really like this idea of partnering with upcoming musicians, upcoming dancers, upcoming painters in, in, in our community in East London, because there's so much happening and it's so much fun to work with these people and the content we get is just so different, so unique and so exciting. Um, so we're doing this next to this. We are really doubling down on our PR efforts. Uh, we really want to be, there's a lot of research that consumers do nowadays, which are the most sustainable brands, which brand is like that, which brand is like this. People search for which brand matches their values. And I want to discover us. Uh, wherever they look, because I feel like we match so many and we satisfy this need that they have on so many of these different criteria. After that, it comes that we're just looking to to do more partnerships with um, design partnerships with um, just London-based influencers and artists and and people who are into design but in a different way than us. To have products together, um, I think this is this as well very exciting. And I have left everything that um, has digital ads for something down the road because uh, we have found that ads are very tricky to do once you're very small. Um, they can consume a lot of money and not give a lot of value back. And that's not only in terms of sales, but it's in terms of developing the brand as a brand and developing uh, this great universe 
for the people who actually know about us. So our focus is really for us have a great place for people to come and then let's get people to come rather than just trying to get more traffic and then, oh my God, why is it not working? So we are really focusing on building this basis first, having this, this wonderful place, this happy place, and then uh, expanding it into more of uh, let's spend money and let's get people uh, to come here and see who we are. I think that's such an, an interesting perspective. And I think it fits with very much fits with what you're doing with the business. Because when we, uh, you know, when you think of, of ads, even on Facebook, where it's the more interruption marketing versus Google, where you ask the keywords, it, what, you know, there is a style to the clothes you're creating, plus the sustainable ethical side to them. And it's very hard to, to advertise find the right audience for that based on keywords or based on on Facebook audiences. Whereas to go after building these partnerships, which are going to, you know, build the brand, like you say, add the content to the website, help you do what your mission is and, you know, put the PR out there. So as when the consumer starts that journey of how do I find, I want to be more sustainable with my clothing. How do I do it? If they see you as the voice of this is the way to do it. Then it's it's all comes together really nicely. So I I love that that approach. And it it you know with the hiring you've said about and the website plans you've got, it all makes so much sense. And there's one other thing I wanted to to ask you about, which was you've gone down the route of becoming a B Corp, which I know a lot of our many of our listeners are intrigued by the B Corp idea. So could you tell us a little bit about what a B Corp is and why you decided to go down that route? B Corp is an amazing certification that I really recommend for everyone to check out because even if you're not interested in certifying your product, your brand, your company, it gives amazing guidance which brands to trust and really simplifies this consumer journey. A B Corp is the only certification out there that certifies the company as a whole rather than just parts of the company. And when I say parts of the company, some certifications focus on the product or some of the products, uh, some focus on the working conditions. And B Corp looks at this integrally. And it's a very, very tough certification to do. I think it's by far the toughest we've come across. It took us 10 months to get through it. Um, we had to provide a lot of documentation, develop a lot of things that we didn't have yet as a very small brand. But at the end, it was like, oh, we have made it and we know we have been thoroughly, thoroughly audited. And I even know that bigger companies are trying to certify different departments little by little because it's such an impossible effort to do for a very large conglomerate at, at once. It's just it's just not really possible to do it. So yeah, B Corp, it really focuses on the impact of people, of, on the impact of the company, on the environment. And it really breaks down this to pension, to healthcare, to are you using toxins? Are you using um, how much water you're using? So it, it's really... It's really much more detailed than I would just say now on top of my head. So it's it's a very interesting uh, certification to to explore and to check out. What I have found for myself, even already when we're in the middle of this journey, if I see that a brand in the supermarket is B Corp, I was already like, oh, I can trust them. 
simply because I knew what a rigorous process they've been through. So in that sense, B Corp is, is really a great way to find companies that one can trust because they, they look at the company in every single way that it's possible to look at a company and evaluate, does it do well or it doesn't do well? What I really like about it is we have to get audited every three years. So job is by far not done. As well, uh, what the certification does, they give you a score and they give you improvement recommendations. So immediately after we we got our score, I knew what we can do so that in three years we can end up higher up. And they have this layer on top that is the best in the world. And I'm like, oh, we need to get there. Like, I know we can do it. Let's work towards it. So the target for us is very clear. It's made it very easy for us what to do in our sustainable strategy, uh, which I, I think is a great for a certification. E-commerce Master Plan is supported by some of the greatest companies in the e-commerce sector. Here's a reminder of who they are. Getting an online business off the ground isn't easy. So if you find yourself working late, tackling a to-do list that's a mile long with your fifth cup of coffee by your side, remember, great email doesn't have to be complicated. That's what Clavio is for. It's the email and SMS platform built to help e-commerce brands earn more money by creating genuine customer relationships. Get started with a free account at clavio.com forward slash masterplan. That's K-L-A-V. IYO.com slash masterplan. I am Alexandria Collis, Director of Customer Experience for Princess Polly. Since implementing Gorgeous within a short month, we saw a 40% increase in our agent's productivity. If you're interested in learning more about Gorgeous, go to gorgeous.com and mention podcast for two months free. It's time for the top tips round. Okay, I love this section because it gives me and Honest some really quick ideas for taking our businesses to the next level. So, Gagana, are you ready for the top tips? Yes. <laughs> I love, love loving the pause there. Uh, yes, yes, I am ready. I am ready. Okay, uh, the book top tip. If everyone listening to this podcast agreed to take Friday off and read a book to make their business better, which book would you recommend? I would recommend Influence by Robert Codini. For myself, I found that this book didn't give me an answer to how to sell more online, but it gave me an amazing insight into how people's brains work. That's why I, I recommended it. It opened the door of like, oh, I should always think about how people think rather than what they would like. It's a brilliant book. Everyone who's trying to sell anything or market anything should have should be made to read it. Okay, the traffic top tip. Which marketing method do you either prize above all others or think doesn't get the press it deserves? I think that's SEO. I spoke how apps are not easy, but organic on Google is something that I think a lot of people overlook because it's so technical and it can be so boring. But we have paid a lot of effort, uh, attention and uh, we have put a lot of effort in it this year and we can really see our traffic grow from that. So it's just grinding on it every month, every week a little bit, write a blog article, make sure we're featured, analyze our keywords that we use. It, it does deliver, although it is boring. <laughs> 
<laughs> the endless grind that is SEO. Um, okay, the tool top tip, maybe a collaboration tool, a social media plugin, a phone app, or just a way of working. Is there a cool little tool you use that makes you and your team more efficient from day to day? We use ClickUp. I think our company wouldn't have managed to grow as we grew without ClickUp. It's a productivity tool uh, that very nicely integrates with uh, Gmail, with Zapier, and so on. And it's just very easy easy to use, very easy to work in, and very easy to organize your day every day. And Excellent. No, I've not heard of that one, so I should have to go and check it out myself. Okay, the growth top tip. If you met someone today who's focused on growing their e-commerce business from 100 orders per month to 1,000, what would be your number one tip for them? I'll be a little bit of devil's advocate and I'll say that they should focus on growing it to 250 orders per month first. I think 10xing uh, might burn you a lot of money and not 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 let you be where you want to be. And in the best case where this happens overnight, I would argue that it will get you in some operational problems. I like you playing devil's advocate. Yeah, go for the 250 first, everybody. Well, look, Gagana, before we say goodbye, could you please let the listeners know where they can find you and your business on the web and social media, please? Uh, so you can find us online on blondegonrogue.com and uh, in the same way on Instagram at blondegonrogue. Don't fear about misspelling it. You'll land on the right page. It's us there. Excellent. And I believe you've got an offer for our listeners if they want to make their wardrobe a little bit more sustainable. Yeah, I'd like to thank everybody for um, listening to me today and and spending uh, some of their day uh, on this podcast. So if you're interested in sustainable fashion, we have amazing women's wear and men's wear designs on blondegonrobe.com. And I'd like to offer you 10% of your first order with code masterplan10. There you go, everyone. Masterplan the word, then the number one, the number zero. So masterplan10 at blondegonrogue.com. Gagana, thank you so much for that lovely offer for the listeners. And thank you so much for coming on the podcast and talking us through so many fascinating angles of your business. It's been a really real, real treat talking to you. So thanks for being on. Thank you for having me, Chloe. It was a pleasure. Excellent explanation of the B Corp there, because I know some of you are thinking of heading down that route and it's a really, well, its power is in how rigorous and thorough it is. And maybe I'll do it myself. I don't know. Maybe we'll, maybe e-commerce master plan will become a B Corp too. So many interesting angles there from Gagana, including the way they're tackling sustainability in terms of uh, really looking after the people who are making the clothes, running those seasons so they can do it kind of in that batch process of going to the to the uh, factory and seeing what's actually happening, using old stock, you know, leftover cloth that's just otherwise would go to landfill, and also focusing in on using fabrics and materials which are essence are more sustainable than other options. So loads of loads of things going on in there, plus this clear passion about the transparency and the ways in which they're building that. I think it's going to be incredibly interesting to see how Blongon Rogue grows over the coming years with their big focus, I guess, on the more sustainable marketing methods that are 
PR, social and building those partnerships. It's going to be an interesting one to watch. To get your hands on the notes from today's show, including uh, the top tips and links to what we've mentioned, then head over to ecommercemasterplan.com forward slash podcast. There you can also add yourself to our email list so you don't miss out on any of the other things I share to help you improve your business. If you liked this episode, then make sure you check out episode number 335 that we did a couple of months ago with Camilla Olson from Savitude, who has a very different take on how to be sustainable in the world of fashion. Fascinating um, her insights and the data she's been crunching to find ways to help the fashion industry be more sustainable. Now, thank you so much for tuning into this and every episode of the e-commerce master plan podcast. I bring you a new interview every single week because I'm aiming to inspire and help e-commerce business owners like you to succeed and thrive with your businesses. So if you know someone this show can help, please, please, please get them to listen to the e-commerce master plan podcast. Have a brilliant week and never forget to keep optimizing. Thank you for listening to the e-commerce master plan podcast. Find out more at ecommercemasterplan.com slash podcast.